Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, this is my AirPod mic. Hello, hello. My name is Fran. Can you see me now? I can. You're just so beautiful, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest. We're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the virtual table to talk about sex, <clears throat> identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. I really miss sucking dick, you guys. I miss it so much. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's horrifying. Oh, really? <laughs> I did it yesterday. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck you, Joe. I don't want to hear know. from you for the rest of the fucking I, episode. I have Corrid Bay, so, oh, you know. You okay. are lucky. Mm-hmm. For, for the we, rest of us, like, independent single hoes out there who are struggling <laughs> through this, like, I would settle for a hug. I just need someone <laughs> with a body who's alive to just wrap me up in a hug, and I mm. will probably come all over mm. everything. Dennis, what we if they were are, a bottom? Okay. I think well, I think I would make it work. <laughs> That's where we are. Fran. This uh, is a Tim Gunn moment. Corin Bay is... Uh, banned for the rest of the episode. You are not allowed to use that term ever again. Alex is nodding her head on Zoom and Um, clarifying that we are not allowed to say that. What if I tell you that, although I have Cord Bay, I have not been horny. And this is me we're talking about. You know what? Just rub it in even further. I I find this confusing. Yeah, this is confusing because, not gonna lie, I have never been hornier. I (laughs) truly, there is something about the absence of opportunities to have sex that is really hard for me. Even though traditionally I am usually not someone who cares that can I can go a long time without having sex. Okay. Yeah. It's the it's the fact that there is no light at the end of the tunnel right now that I am not doing hot. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I've turned into someone with no sex drive who like schedules my day in 15 minute increments of time and is always doing something productive. Damn, Damn you truly, you're the friend. This, this is like, discussion now. I hate it. Make it stop. Yes. Make oh my it God. stop. I, I don't know. I just don't know who either of you are anymore. Like I'm so confused about this because this is the thing is this quarantine situation is really keying into all of your talents, Fran, and like everything that you do really well, especially as a sexual camel. And I'm just like, how are you this horny? How is Joe not this not horny? And I'm just exactly the same as I always am in this regard. Except That's there accurate. isn't to have yes. sex with. I also, uh, I also know who I am, and that is Tommy Teague's Pico, indigenous American <laughs> poet, screenwriter, oh, very single and not actively mingling. <laughs> and um, I've been using this time to, this is, this is what sucks, because I've been doing what, an hour's worth of Tracy Anderson DVD workouts on YouTube, and my body is in the best shape that it's ever been, and I don't have anybody to put it on. Uh, my name is Fran, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, and I... I'm sorry, I'm gonna get emotional, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm considering bleaching my hair. No, <laughs> no, oh my God. no it's I'm not sorry. that desperate, baby. It's really vulnerable right now. It's not that bad. I don't feel like I have any oh other God. options. And so I'm looking weird. for a way out. I'm looking for a way out. It's not that bad, baby. This is, oh, it's this back. is not the time. This is not sorry, the time. Ten. <laughs> 2010 is going to come uh, smack you across sorry. the face. <laughs> Things are getting. It's getting really dark over here. Uh, I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. And honestly, y'all, this is the least anxious I've been in years. Yay. Ew. <laughs> you know, I don't everything really you're know saying right now is pissing me off, Joe. Everything <laughs> you're saying is pissing me off. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader and a writer. I'm a former figure skater, and I'm not going to lie. I'm actually living my antisocial homebody dream right now. Um, <laughs> so we're kind of good to go. Dennis, what's <laughs> in your are. mug right now? What is in your mug? Um, Irish coffee. <laughs> Irish coffee. I, I wake up every morning, I make Irish coffee. It's it's a good, it's a, I was putting whipped cream on it, but I've, I've now run out of whipped cream and I haven't gone to the <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Call it the um, National Guard! Someone get Dennis whipped cream right now! Priorities. If, and also, if, Dennis, if they could bring some mac and cheese from my favorite um, restaurants in New York, I would be eternally grateful. <laughs> if Dennis doesn't eat dairy every hour, they will die. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is completely true. This is completely oh, accurate. Dennis, um, will you tell us what we've got on the menu today? Um, you guys, we have so many things. On today's menu, um, we're going to get you going with our Thought Classic Corona Edition. Mm. Joe O, the science ho, wades through the misinformation to bring us the truth. Mm. We discuss coping and how we're keeping busy during this all-too-intense thought apocalypse. And for dessert, we promise <laughs> you'll feel real good. Ooh, take it away. Apocalypse. Thought apocalypse edition. That's very good. Yes. That's very good. Buck, 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 be gone. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit peckish, so I think we should start the top of the show the way any good top should, with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes, who's got the game today? Uh, that would be me. Sorry, that, was, that wasn't a lag on Zoom. I'm literally just looking at a very porny picture on Twitter right now. Um, sorry. Focus, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, we've clarified that I'm really not having a good time with this quarantine right now. <clears throat> That's right. We are playing Swipe Right, Swipe Left, Quarantine Edition, the sterilized alcohol swipe right, swipe left. So like, you know, by the way, that's just a friendly little uh, how-to for you. I am like Clorox bleach wiping my phone every time I ever leave the house. Yes. You should do that too. Um, Clorox bleach, bleach wipe everything. Um, anyways, we're gonna, you know, go through, this has been a very interesting time for all of us um, on the internet and spending time at home and adjusting to what is a new normal. And so we thought it would be fun to make it a little game to the best of our abilities. So y'all will join me on swiping right and swiping left. Uh, Zoom happy hours. Swipe right. Swipe right. I, I love. 
you guys, this I'm right. staying busy even in the quarantine. Like <laughs> I have I have FaceTime brunch right after this. I'm wow. so excited. I like had FaceTime dates this morning. I have a Wednesday call with like my besties mm-hmm. in, in New York. I have like so mm-hmm. many different like kind of like things that I'm setting up because I know mm-hmm. if I don't set up that video regularity, that regularity via FaceTime, like I will go insane and I'll just like, you know, keep to myself. It's hard to ask people <laughs> to jump on a call because calls are awkward. You know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is just like not how we've adjusted to talking to each other online. And so to try and do it again, I think is is really empowering. Yeah. Agreed. I just think Zoom is actually does a pretty good job of like managing a bunch of different people at the same time. And like, yeah, it's a little bit of an awkward lag or whatever, but it's kind of nice to get used to that and, and, and feel like I can actually look at a group of people and we can laugh together mm-hmm. and we can have a glass of wine. I don't know. It feels, I, I, there are things that I'm grateful for. And one of the things that I'm grateful for is that this time of isolation is, is happening at a time where we have technology that can bring us together. Because even like four or yeah. five years ago, the internet probably didn't have the capability to do shit like this. Right. So mm, God yeah. bless the it's, internet. Like it's I pretty hated incredible. that tweet. Oh, I'm sorry. I hated that tweet that was like, Shakespeare wrote King Lear when um, he In was quarantined from the place. And I was like, Shakespeare didn't have a motherfucking iPhone, okay? Shakespeare didn't have a job, okay? Yeah. I don't even want to, <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear this. Like, can we just, I had my, my friend Adam J. Kurtz, if you, don't, if you don't follow him, you should follow him. He had an amazing thing that was like, hey, like you, you don't have to be a productivity machine Thank in you. your quarantine. Like, just let yourself breathe. Uh, take a minute, yeah. this is a scary thing. Uh, you don't have, you can just like chill. I also that, prefer this um, because I didn't like being around people in the mo- first motherfucking place. You know what I mean? Like, my intimacy <laughs> issues have been waiting my whole life for a moment like this. Like, yes, I you, yes. but not having to touch you? Are you fucking kidding me? I only hugged because it was socially, like, uh, that was a social precedent for it. I don't want to hug nobody anyway, so. I you love hugging me, Tommy. You, you love good. hugging me. You love good. putting oh, your whole God, body man. around me. Mm-hmm. I love how Joe thinks everyone loves hugging him. I was just going to say the thing about Zoom in particular. Um, so my best friend was supposed to have a book launch on the 13th. And that was kind of the day that a lot of things shut down. And so like the day before the bookstore that was hosting it actually was like, we have to cancel the event. All week they were like, we're having it, we're having it. She was like, I kind of want to have it. They were like, finally the day before they were like, we're canceling it. And so a group of us got together and we surprised her with a digital book launch on Zoom. It was the first I'd ever heard of it. You guys know how I am with technology, and I like had no problem using it, logging in, like connecting everything. And there were 75 people wow. in this Zoom call. That's there were like good. multiple screenshots, and it was just an amazing event. And she was like, I actually liked it better than if I'd had a regular launch because there was something so intimate about her reading to us from her home and all of us being in our homes, and people's like kids were there and people's dogs were there. And so I think that um there's something about this moment when we've kind of lost a particular intimacy that we normally have that we're having to um, recreate digitally that that is giving us a different window into each other's lives. So I don't know. I'm here for the Zoom happy hours. I'm all about it. Swipe right, swipe left. Quarantine-related targeted ads. Have you guys seen any, like, I've got, like, oh IG yes. so many. ads based so many. on the quarantine. I keep getting, like, you know what so I many. really hate? I keep getting shopping emails that are, like, Mm-hmm. Staying inside, like are stuck inside. And I'm Do you like, want a candle? You know I'm stuck inside. Yes. Like, you know I'm here. <laughs> yes. How dare you tell me to buy these Comme des Garçons shorts because I will. I bought them. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, like 
my, um, my, my alcohol delivery app, uh, Saucy, mm-hmm. it'll be like, social distancing only means that you have to drink at home and you're going to yeah. be great at that. And I was like, fuck you, Saucy. <laughs> but yes, I yes, will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Orders uh, nine <laughs> bottles of rosé. This I definitely very early on before things shut down got a PR email from someone advertising a woman's book about anxiety and like advertising her as a paid speaker. I was just like, ma'am, like no, oh. like, like we really need not be doing this. Okay, wow. That's wow. that's a that's a bit much. I so Domino's has been like having some insane oh. deals. Yes. <laughs> I, I've had Domino's I, thrice. Yeah, so I, I have had Domino's a little more than three times in the last <laughs> eight days, eight nine days. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I know we're getting to. I know we're getting to the science segment next, but it is a fact, sci- according to science, that if you've had Domino's any time in the last one and a half weeks, you do have coronavirus. That is, no, that is true. <laughs> that is just true. That is so, true. There I am. Although, do not sue us, Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Domino's. Swipe right, the swipe tracker left. is the best thing ever. It is. It really, that shit is good. That shit is good. That shit is good. It's accurate. Oh, no. This is not sponsored by Domino's. Um, anyways, swipe right, swipe left. Sexting. Mmm. Okay, so I'm usually not a sexting person, but the quarantine has made me a sexting person. It's I still so can't good. do it. I still can't do it. I still can't do it. Because I'm like, put that in me. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the phone ended up in Tommy's butt. <laughs> yeah, we both are. <gasps> but in, I mean, in the quarantine. Yeah. Oh my God. Just yeah. chat and sex. But, but I wait, never wait. wanted to meet anybody from Grindr anyway, so I'm still operating with with, um, with my same faculty, which is like, I'm just there yeah. for attention. I don't yeah, ever but- message anybody <laughs> back. Right, that's what I'm confused about. It's just like, what is, the, the if you're on Grindr right now, you're only getting the bad parts of Grindr, which is talking to people you don't care about. Like, yeah, I don't I, understand I that. that. Ew, gross. Okay, we're going to the next topic. Yes. Swipe right, swipe right, left. People who keep going live on Instagram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bitch. Bless their I'm hearts. about to do that. I'm doing that. Uh, well, I just wanted to do it because I wanted something to look forward to. And my audiobook comes out on April 3rd. So I was like, I'm just going to read a few pages from Nature Poem until then because it's 13 days away. And 13 days might as well be 13 motherfucking years because every day feels like 69 days. You know what I mean? And I was like, maybe if I just like read some of it and I went on Instagram Live at 5 p.m. every single night, PST, uh, you know, I could get some... Uh, uh, I would the time itself would like I don't know become a little bit more manageable. You'd have something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm swiping left on the fact that I cannot turn off the notifications that I get every time y'all go live. That and I also annoying. think that if you don't have something to say, don't go on live. Also, don't go on live yeah. to like chat your friend when you could just have that conversation in person. I'm very supportive of drag artists comedians, Tommy, and folks like <laughs> y'all who are trying to use that as a platform to either make money or sustain, you know, interim content until quarantine is over. You know what I mean? Like if it's an entrepreneurial moment for marginalized creatives who are using it to hold them over, then like props to you. But like everyone else can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like just FaceTime each other. Fair. I don't Fair really point. watch them. 
I don't watch them. So I guess I swipe left. I like the idea of them. And I think that they're useful at this moment for all those reasons. So I want to swipe right. But like, whenever I see live on my Instagram, I just roll my eyes and like, swipe left, literally move it out of the frame. So <laughs> we're not a fan. Swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> all these celebrities getting tested for COVID-19 and discussing the results publicly. <laughs> I love that literally I have six friends who are ill right now and none of them can get tested. Yeah. But, but fucking Rand Paul <laughs> is asymptomatic. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, all of these motherfucking people. I, I mean, even like Mike Pence getting tested right mm-hmm. now, even though he had no contact with these people in his cabinet that I just, I cannot, I I do not, I I really cannot. But shout out to a friend of the pod, Niall DeMarco, who posted a story recently um, saying, you know, he had symptoms, he had fever, uh, all these different things. And he was like, I probably had the virus. He just took all the, all all the things, he did all the things that he needed to do, which was keep an eye on his respiratory system, quarantine himself, see no one until his body fought it. He did not go to see a test because he's like, I know there are people that need it more than I do. Uh, so yeah. um, a model citizen, go to his Instagram story if you want to hear it. And this is Joe, just to, to, to pivot into the Joe of the science ho, we're going to have a test soon that will be for seroconversion, which means have you had it? So just because you don't get tested right now, in a few months when that test mm. is online, you'll be able to answer the question, did you have it in March? Mm. Mm. Huh. That sounds like That's a great a great way out of this little segment. Thanks for playing, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our next segment, uh, we're gonna do a little science talk with Joe O, the science ho. Take it away, ho. Bag. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bitches. It's so good to be with you. So, uh, you know, I'm a, a scientist. My PhD is in molecular biophysics, but I studied viruses and bacteria for my PhD, and I've studied uh, viruses in one way or another since I started um, doing science. Uh, and when you're a scientist at a time like this, especially when the government has so little good information, um, I was like inundated from the very beginning of this thing when it was only in Wuhan with friends asking questions. Um, And so I just wanted to kind of share some of that with you, some of the biggest questions we have and just some information about what this coronavirus is uh, and what we can do about it, right? And so So, will you mm -hmm. like, did the people that you're meeting with, or rather, I know that before we hopped on this call, back when there was even less information on all this stuff, you were meeting with a a handful of people regularly and talking to them like what exactly did that space look like where does your information come yeah. from so um, we're just so um, that people know where it's where all this is cultivated um we're public now we're a group of scientists doctors uh and activists called the covid19 working group new york city uh and you know a bunch of us um saw data early on and we're really alarmed that the city wasn't doing enough so we've been on daily phone calls um we have you know communication with the public health department in new york city and state uh we sort of have connections to politicians, but also we're just trying to do the work of uh, troubleshooting and figuring things out. Uh, And then, you know, all of my scientist friends, including um, Angie Rasmussen, who is a virologist at Columbia, who works on coronaviruses. I have a a woman in my department at NYU who works on coronavirus, is working on coronaviruses now. So, um, you know, I'm really keyed into the science side of of what's happening. uh, And it's been really frustrating because we've been trying to do the right thing for a long time and people haven't been listening to the scientists in epidemiologists. Um, 
I just want to start by defining coronaviruses because I feel like a lot of people don't even kind of necessarily know what that is. Uh, yeah. It's just a family of viruses like the influenza viruses and coronaviruses in general are in humans all the time. They can cause a uh, common cold. They're very common, especially in younger people. Uh, and this, and so an interesting thing about the viruses, uh, they're an enveloped virus. So they're wrapped in a membrane, just like your cells. And this is a large RNA virus. And all of that means that this virus is super susceptible to soap and alcohol. There are other types mm -hmm. of viruses that wouldn't be. So when we say wash your hands and wipe things down with ethanol, that's because this is an envelope virus and that ethanol or that soap just busts open that envelope mm. and the virus can't infect anymore, right? Okay, so you're basically saying that the washing your hands thing is not like a, it's not like a people are being overreactive me nope. measure, it's that the virus is particularly susceptible yep. to you cleaning yourself. Yep, time. this is a very fragile virus, right? So any, just a cool. little bit of ethanol, a little bit of soap uh, and it kills it. And you know, so that's one of the things that we, when people say that we really uh, can be doing that. This virus came over uh, to humans likely from bats uh, sometime in November in, in Wuhan. And it looked at that time very similar to the SARS outbreak, right? You see this huge um, number of cases early on in the place where it crosses over into humans. And so a lot of my scientist friends were super optimistic at that point that we could contain it just like we did with SARS, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very similar virus. SARS comes way up uh, and it, SARS is actually super deadly. It kills about 10% of, of its patients, uh, but we were able to stop it from growing. Uh, and that's what happened in Wuhan, China. There was this huge initial peak, hospitals got overwhelmed, but then as soon as the quarantine kicked in, right, the virus stopped spreading. Uh, so that's another thing that's really important. Everywhere around the world where we see people do these extreme measures of social distancing, we see within 10 days or two weeks, the virus just kind of flat, flat leveling. Yeah. Flat leveling and then actually flatten, flattening the curve, right? flattening the curve. And then having like in Wuhan, there was a day with no new cases, right? Mm -hmm. So this was a place that was having thousands of cases a day, mm -hmm. three weeks later, no new cases, right? Yeah. Can you describe what it means to flatten the curve and why social why something why social distancing is something that everyone is talking about right now mm -hmm. and maybe something unique to some something that maybe a lot of people don't understand about social distancing. Yeah. So what happens when viruses spread initially is they go through a phase of what's called exponential growth. So like with this virus, every four to five days, the number of people infected doubles. So if you have two people, it goes to four, four to eight, eight to 16, you know, 16, you're like, no big deal. But what happens, you start to go from 10,000, four days later, it's 20,000, four days later, it's 40,000, four days, right? So it's when you get into the thousands and that growth goes up, 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 up. Right. So what we think now looking at the data in America is that this virus largely targets older people. Yes. But a certain percentage of all people who are infected with this virus will need to be hospitalized. OK, young people, old people doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when, you know, five percent of the people who are infected need to be hospitalized. And in New York City, you have 100,000 people infected. Well, that is a fuck ton of people. Yeah. Right. And we actually mm -hmm. don't have enough beds. We don't have enough nurses. <laughs> we don't have enough respirators. And so flattening the curve means you want to stop that exponential growth so that not all people are getting ill at once and needing hospitalization, that you actually slow the spread of the virus over more time. You make the, the number of people infected by each round and the doubling time go much longer so that you keep things under the threshold where the hospital can't care for all the people who are ill. The worst case scenario here is that more than the 3% of people who would normally die of this virus die because people who could live won't live because they can't get a hospital bed.
And we've seen that happening early on in Wuhan, that is happening literally right now in Italy, where you know doctors are making really tough choices about which patients they can give care. And if someone's been on care for three weeks, right, is not getting better, do they actually take that person off care to give a younger person who might have a better chance a shot? And something that's happening right now, or rather at the time that this podcast is being recorded, is that doctors are drafting plans that because there's been so much governmental neglect, basically outlining for hospitals, yep. who do you save yep. if you have to choose between two people, which is yep. an insane thing that we shouldn't be having to deal with right now. That's and something right. else that this will be dated information by the time this podcast comes out, it's even dated now as we're saying it, but like, you know, as of last week, like US cases are up 750% or something yep. like that, which is almost double that of like any other country in the last week. So our, our cases are growing faster than any other country. Um, and it's just another, like we're, we're on the track for this to be extremely bad. Um, So it really depends on where you live. Uh, And this is something that uh, a couple other scientists and I have started doing. The U.S. is so far (laughs) apart from each other, like California and New York and Washington clearly are having epidemics right now. But what Mm -hmm. Ohio did is Ohio said, we actually don't know what's going on. So we're kind of going to shut it down regardless. And so Mm -hmm. I think that places who did that are actually probably on a really good track to do this thing of flattening the curve, right? The risk here, again, we don't want to be alarmist, right? We don't want people to be scared. individual risk for you if you're under 40 and have no pre-existing conditions is still very low. 80% of the cases are mild. You feel like a cold. You might have a fever. You feel shitty. Two weeks later, you're fine, right? And we want to keep, basically, we're all investing by staying home, potentially losing money. We're investing in still having hospitals, right? Because if hospitals get overwhelmed, then it's just like if you get in a car accident or if you have an appendix burst, mm-hmm. it's like your ability to get care for those very basic things <laughs> is, is fundamentally shifted by the fact that the hospital won't have beds or rooms for you. Um, yeah, because like imagine a natural disaster happening. You know, yeah. imagine mm-hmm. that tornado in Nashville happening exactly. in two weeks, you know, yeah. then mm-hmm. everyone's fucked. Like, I don't even want to get into a lift right now. It, despite, I mean, in, in spite of social distancing, like, I'm not even attracted to the idea because, like, I'm super afraid of getting into a car crash. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, like, right. And so, the thing also yeah. is, like, it, it's like the social distancing is, is not a, oh, I'm protecting myself from the virus. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not the mentality you should have. It's, a, it's an act of civic duty. You're protecting mm-hmm. others from getting something that you might spread. That's yeah, right. I'm basically pretending, pretending, yeah, I'm basically pretending like I have it. Yep. So that yeah. like I don't give it to anyone. Like yep. you have it. Dennis, I want to I want to talk about that for a minute, um, particularly because um, this question about how if you can have it asymptomatically or how many people have it asymptomatically, we actually just don't know the answer to that question. Early research from China suggested that very few people had it asymptomatically when they went and tested a hundred thousand random people, not very many who were not ill, not very many people had it. Anecdotal evidence from our country suggests that there are many cases, particularly young people, having it asymptomatically. A lot of the time when people are saying things like they know things about this virus, be very skeptical of that if it's not coming from an authority figure, if it's not coming from a a doctor, you know, a scientist who's really in the know or like the CDC or the WHO. There's a lot of things where like just a story here and there might not trickle down if you actually look at things properly statistically in a scientific way, right? So the answer to most questions about this virus are we don't know right? And given that we don't know, the, basically the only thing we know is that social isolation 
stops exponential spread and keeps our hospitals open, right? So given that that's the only thing we know, binge, that's what we should be motherfucking doing. We also know that, yes, it's an economic hit for our city, for a lot of people. Um, but also, Wuhan in China is opening back up right now, right? Once you get this thing under control, and once you stop the exponential spread, make sure hospitals are okay, there's a possibility that we will be able to figure out ways where we're not so socially isolated and we can live more normal lives while we wait for something like a vaccine. And that will require things like testing and quarantine of people who are ill, which we're just really waiting for those to come online in America, right? So we have no option right now but to do this, but we're doing it so that in two months time, we may have better options and functioning hospitals. So I think now, you know, just to wrap up this segment, it would be really nice, Joe, for you to address a lot of questions that I have been getting. Great. In relation to, do we still fuck in the time of Corona? If we have to do this for months and months and months, can Mm -hmm. I go without sex, right? And I think that Uh a lot of us are having big scary thoughts about like, you know, sex is important to some people, not important to other people. It's still, you know, a, a human thing. Um, and, and something that maybe is top of everyone's mind or will be over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, how do you sort through what it means to be a responsible sex partner? New York City actually just put out this incredible sex guide that we'll link to really in good. the notes. It's so good. And basically it was saying, okay, so people are going to fuck, obviously. For right now, you're your own best sex partner. Right. Meaning, meaning masturbation, sexting, <laughs> porn, blah blah blah. Um, New York what is, was like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> what is what is Tommy masturbate? Don't equivocate. Yes. Um, and and <laughs> and that if, if if you know you need to think about this time that you're really trying to minimize the number of sex partners, not out of some slut shamey sort of way, but again, mm-hmm. out of like civic duty, out of caring for yourself and others around you. So maybe have one good partner that you know is also quarantining really well, who's maybe walking distance from you. So it's not taking the train to get there. Right. Just, just be thoughtful about this and how you have sex. Do not have group sex. Right. Maybe hooking up is probably grinder hookups, probably not a great idea right now. Mm-mm, right. Mm-mm. So, you know, I'm having sex with my boyfriend still. Uh, I'm going to and from his house on my bike. You know, uh, he's the only person I'm interacting with. Uh, and I, I, for me, that that's kind of fine. I'm willing to take that risk. It's not risk free because he's going to the grocery store and I'm going to the grocery store separately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like his mm-hmm. grocery store experience might get me sick or whatever. But for me, that's the best thing I can think about risk right now. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful way to think about it. And please know, again, Food for Thought LLC would never thought we would see the day wherein we would get on this podcast and say, stop having sex. No uh, group me, sex. No group you, sex. Yeah, but also just when even, I would, I would even say, I would add the stipulation, like even having a regular sex partner, like your insignificant other or your fuck buddy over all the time is still a risk dependent upon how much trust you have in that person, right? I know, you know, I've had fuck buddies that I didn't necessarily trust. You know what I mean? Like, and it's different because we have, you have levels of protection and you have, and there's prep and there's other things um, that go into, you know, the different kind of safety you practice with a sexual partner. This is not like that, right? This is, this is something wherein every single time you have sex with someone else who has been outside your house, you run a risk. Yep. And that is a, a risk that you have to be extremely cognizant of. 
um, in order to kind of like, in order for us all to kind of get through this thing. Because if your, you know, regular fuck buddy also has another regular fuck buddy that they're not telling you about because those aren't the terms of your relationship, you know, that's just something that can, that can really, you know, create yeah. bad, you know, it, it's just not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, situation. So I have and two, again, we're, go I have for two it, science yeah. tidbits to end this up. Yes. This, this, this thing passes through spit. That's how this thing gets around. Love. So any kiss is a risky act. It is the most risky act. Uh, and number two, no girls, prep doesn't protect you against this thing. I've gotten that question a lot. They are actually testing HIV drugs against the coronavirus. Those are integrate, uh, they are um, protease inhibitors. Uh, prep is reverse transcriptase inhibitors. So we don't think at the moment that prep offers any protection against the coronavirus. Um, so stupid. I know. So just, you know, uh, be, be mindful of the fact that any kiss uh, is, is a risky act for yourself and for um, the vulnerable folks around you. And I have a question. Oh, go for yeah. it. Um, so uh, can you just tell us a little bit about exposure and incubation and symptoms? Like, because yeah. uh, I, I talked to Joe about my friend who's in literal quarantine right now because someone in her office tested positive. Mm -hmm. At the time, that person was asymptomatic, but they have since become very sick. Yeah. Uh, so she's on quarantine and she has four more days of quarantine left yeah. um, and she's not showing any symptoms. And you had said that um, most people show symptoms within nine days, but it can take up to how much? Yeah. So what we know, right, what we think right now, the best guideline is that uh, from the CDC is that people can spread the virus likely for one or two days before they get symptomatic. So someone can be totally feel totally fine and spread the virus. The median incubation period is somewhere in the four to six days. So four to six days where you feel well before you start feeling sick. Uh, 95 people 95% uh, of people who do actually get the virus feel ill by 14 days. So that two-week quarantine is the idea that almost everybody who is going to get the virus would start feeling ill by 14 days. So after 14 days, we can be very sure that you don't have the virus. Um, but again, I think the best advice for us right now, we don't know how many people who are asymptomatic uh, carrying the virus around is to act like, and, and, and we know we can't get tests and that's not going to change in the next week. So you know, act like you have it. Act like every act fuck like buddy has it. it. Act like every fuck it. buddy. Whew, thank you, Joe. That yeah. really made me feel better in, in terms of like everything that we're going through right now. I really appreciate you taking the time to collate that all together. Yeah. I do too. I appreciate you, Joe, you stupid bitch. <laughs> God. And I feel like you've just, you have confirmed it is a literal thought apocalypse. Yes! There's no thoughting allowed right now. Thought? No! It's fine, I didn't like fucking to begin with. Bye. Mmm, <laughs> it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. To sling our meat this week, uh, Dennis. I just want to clarify that that was not a delay. Dennis was just not ready for the T-H-O-T. Okay? Just for anybody listening, we are usually very in sync, and Dennis was just not ready. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to do it. I was like, is that going to work? Um, yes. Well, so uh, first of all, as we know, I tend to prefer to sling around my bum than the meat. Um, but anyway, um, right now... Your bum. 
Hanging around the bar. And Tommy literally left. Tommy left. Tommy is not doing the show anymore. And unfortunately, I'm doing none of the slinging around my bum right now. I can't do it. Um, I can't in good conscience do it. Um, but uh, dearest, darlingest thoughts, right now, we are social distancing. We are self-quarantining. We are in isolation. These three words are like giant echoes bearing down on the world right now. But the truth is that for many of us queers, these are familiar themes that have haunted us for much of our lives. Mm. Whether it's the isolation of lonely queer childhoods or living in places where it's damn near impossible to find other people who are like us, to bucking heteronormative relationship models, the truth is that many of us are looking at the rest of the world and saying, welcome to the motherfucking club. Mm. Our own Tommy Teeps Pico has joked on Twitter about preparing his entire life for social distancing, like it's his Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Issa Rae thought she was a homebody till she realized she wasn't. Mm-hmm. In our own sudden socially distanced context, in which the irony of all of the kumbaya we are in this shit together rhetoric isn't lost on any good thought, I want to know, my loves. How are you doing? What <laughs> and how are you oh surviving it? Oh my gosh, that was such a really good opener. Yeah, that was great. How they are all, you doing? All literally sobbing. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm sweating so much right now, you guys. Yeah, who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Tommy. Go first. Yeah, um... I keep having this recurring thought, which is, is this shortness of breath COVID or is it just regular anxiety? Um, <laughs> I've been, you know, when I started to, like, I think for me, the first couple of days were the worst because I didn't know what was going on. I feel like though I'm adapting well, um, it, but I, like Issa Rae, I thought like, I just wanted to be around the house. And then once they told me I had to stay in the house, I was like, man, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the worst part of it is I think I did this because I remember complaining endlessly about how much I had to travel and how much I didn't get to spend time in my apartment. And I just wanted some time to be in Los Angeles in my apartment. And all of a sudden I got that motherfucking time and I'm like, shit. But yeah. that's my Catholicism, taking uh, the blame for everything. I've been taking yeah. lots of elderberry, <laughs> uh, airborne. Um, ga- I'm chewing raw garlic three times a day. No one's around to smell me or kiss me. So I don't, gotta, I don't have to worry about it. Um, I, it makes me like, I, oh, Marco Polo is my new best friend. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like do, I'm trying to keep myself busy, but also like not, not use it as an excuse to n- neglect things that I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I also don't have a problem producing mati- like stuff, you know what I mean? So that's another thing. Um, if I, I mean, I do my laundry at Morgan Parker's place. We stay uh, apartment away from each other at all times. Right. Um, but that's given, that gives me something to look forward to. I still go on my walks and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am getting back into comic books. I got a Switch, so I'm playing video games again. I'm basically being my teenage self. Um, I've seen The Circle. I've seen Love is Blind. I've seen Avenue 5. <laughs> Love is Blind was so insane. It was so insane. My friend mm-hmm. Tazba gave me all of her screeners um, from award season. So I've been going through those, even though I've seen most of those. Um, and I, I think like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm feeling so conflicted because my mom and my brother are like, 
we'll come up and get you and take you back to the res. But I don't want to be fucking smallpox blankets for my reservation. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get yeah. them sick. It would, And also, my mm-hmm. mother is literally the most vulnerable, in the most vulnerable population. Yeah. She's older. She has um, a compromised immune system. And she gets mm-hmm. sick all the time regardless. And I'm like, Jeannie, yeah. stay at the house. Please yeah. stay at the house. Um, yeah. And, I, yeah, and I, I'm, I've been talking with my friend Tazba about this. She's also from a reservation in Southern California. And she really, really wants to go home. But she doesn't want to get her fam sick. She doesn't want to yeah. get the res sick. So we're like feeling um i'm feeling like both um i know that i'm i'm gonna be good but like i'm super terrified for my mother mm-hmm. yeah teebs my mom uh is a nurse practitioner she's retired but of course because she's a fucking irish catholic woman can't stop taking care of anybody and she is working at a free clinic in stanwood washington which is a huge locus of outbreak of COVID 19 and i was like mom Stop volunteering. You are 70. Like yeah. you are at high risk. Like I know you feel this obligation to do your work of care, but also you have to care for yourself because you you are at high risk. She and she refused. So um that was the last couple of weeks. The clinic finally shut down. The outbreak there is so bad now that they just shut the clinic down, which is like fucked up because now there's no free yeah. clinic in that town. But oh, man, it's, it's like the choices that people are making are so crazy. I feel I feel not good. Yeah. Uh, in in a way, Sorry, I feel Joe. in a way I feel better now than I did three weeks ago because I've been I've been socially isolating for three weeks because mm-hmm. um, I knew <laughs> what was coming and I feel like on this group chat and every other group chat I was like so insufferable because I was like you guys you don't know what's gonna happen everything is gonna be the worst this is gonna be the, the apocalypse. Oh, Joe, to clarify, there was no one on the group chat that wasn't not yeah. taking you. Seriously. No, it's it true. Your, twi- your Twitter was for sure muted, but. Like, we all we all yeah. i think we come from, we, we come from a certain class of information consumers where we yeah. all know how bad it was yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so i just yeah. i definitely feel it feels like um that time was extremely frustrating because we knew it needed to happen and we still could have stopped new york from getting catastrophic but kind of like it felt like i was shouting into the wind so now mm-hmm. that I actually see every, like more or less New York is having one of those moments where in the last few days, at least people have started to really take this seriously and stay, I, you know, when I bike to the store or, you know, to do something essential, it is empty. And that makes me feel like people are caring for one another. So in a way I feel better now than I did 10 days ago. Yeah. How about you, Fran? Um, I am also not doing amazing. I, I feel like there, it, Moving to LA was really, really, really hard for me <laughs> to be away from my chosen fam and other people that I hold really close. And this just, you know, <laughs> puts a magnifying glass over that yeah. feeling. Um, like I said earlier, like this, th- this pandemic and the social distancing that it requires really brings out the worst in so many different, you know, uh, neuroses or day-to-day mental health struggles that people go with, uh, that, that deal, deal with. And, you know, so I really empathize with y'all. I, I think for me, my self-care looks like turning, putting my phone on do not disturb a lot, turning off my news notifications, um, logging off when you need to log off, mm-hmm. um, and then staying connected with the people that I care a lot about. Like I have 
you know, like a FaceTime brunch set up after this record, right? Like I have like weekly calls with like my best friends, my, the people in my, in my life, the people that I care the most about. Um, I'm trying to stay, I'm in my group chats all day. Um, mm. and, and where, you know, in a previous mode of our existence, we're like, technology is dangerous. Like, you know, ju- you know, don't, don't look at your phone all day. I kind of, I kind of have to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm reading and I'm writing and I'm using this time to like, learn new things which i think is a really good for me but but like honestly my the the best balm salve to this really 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 isolating experience is talking to people all the time on on twitter Yeah, I just think we have to give ourselves that permission too. It's like I always judge myself. I'm like, oh, I'm on my phone too much or whatever. But like now, it's it's like this is an unprecedented, weird time. It's unlike any other thing that anyone alive, more or less, has experienced. And so, just be so nice and forgiving with yourself, you know. And And I I hate that our phones are like have those automatic. It's just like your phone usage was up like forty (laughs) nine percent this evening. Yeah, I know, (laughs) I know, bitch. Like, leave me alone. Oh yeah. my god. Dennis? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of ways in which the situation has forced me to um make some changes. And so I think that has been one of the best things about it. I will say, sort of similar to Teebs, like my my mom is like very high risk. She's elderly, she's not in great health to begin with. Um and so the biggest sort of source of stress and fear was sort of um, being concerned about her. And earlier on, before I quite understood like how easily this potentially could be transmitted and how much we didn't know, I remember thinking if I really need to go home um, because I have a sibling who's caring for my mom and if she needs help and support, like that's something I could do. Um, And so knowing that I really can't do that and that it's the safest thing for everyone for me to just be here um, has really forced me to remember that like at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot that I can control. And when I can't control a whole lot, um, it's easier for me actually to let go of my anxiety because I'm not in control of what's going to happen. I, I, I can do my part, you know, I can stay home, I can stay focused, I can work, I can be connected with the people who are really important in my lives, in my life, um, but I can't control much beyond that. And so, that has been helpful. Um, I'm normally someone who really tries to sort of um, bury anxiety, bury fear um, in in either self-care or productivity. And I have given myself permission during this time to not like write 5,000 words a day, mm-hmm. um, to take time to sort of be like, okay, right now I'm feeling scared. So I'm going to reach out to this person mm-hmm. or I'm going to get under the covers because like my comforter makes me feel safe. Um, and I think that that is really important um, because we are living in a situation that none of us have ever really lived through. Um, yeah. And we're not going to necessarily know um, how we're going to respond to everything. Dennis, what you were saying about your um, mom made me think so much about how this situation is inverting how we typically think about care. Because normally mm-hmm. you'd be like, the way that I could care for my mother would be to go see mm-hmm. her, right. to go Show help, them. literally to help care for her. But like, yep. the only way you can care for her right now is to not do that. 
and it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a mind fuck and it feels yep. really weird and it feels really hard that the, the the best way you can be in community with people is by staying the fuck home is not mm-hmm. like under any other circumstances that's not how we think about community and that's not how we think about care so it's just kind of like frying my brain a little bit i'm just kind of like 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 i want to go hug my friends and i want to i want to cook for yeah. them you know like i want to cook for people and i want to drink wine with them but it's like no bitch stay home like the only thing you can do is the way you can care for people the most is by not hugging them and not seeing them and not showing up for your elders face to face yeah it's a very it's a very strange feeling Um, so uh, how are you i think for me personally joe when you talk about care and the inversion of care that's like such a great way of putting it um, another thing that I'm thinking about is, and something that I was really, really, really spiraling on last week, um, was the fact that so many of my friends um, work in nightlife or are drag artists mm-hmm. or yep. are sex workers or work in the gig economy or work in the service industry yep. or work it from paycheck, paycheck to paycheck in a way that is in person with people. Yep. And, and I have been having like a kind of survivor's guilt about having a job that lets me work me from too. home uh, and, and having the comfort of that and, and how I have people in my life where that's, their lives are just going to significantly change yeah. over the next few months or, or, uh, or more or less. Um, and I just felt so helpless and, you know, I, you know, worked really hard. I did some things on social to try and create funds for, you know, queer and trans people in the gig economy. But outside of that, I think what is most important for anybody listening to this right now, for anybody who doesn't know what to do, is if you have someone in your life who's in the gig economy, who's in the service industry, who has been fired from their job. My, I have a friend that had to shut down his restaurant today, like permanently, um, like foreclose. And I just text those people, call those people, ask them, literally offer, if you have expendable income, yeah. literally offer them money because I've been giving too, so much money away to ask yeah. you, ha- you have to. And I know, you know, the listeners of this podcast, maybe, you know, are, it's a, it's a, a particular subset, but if you are someone who you have the ability to support people financially, te- text them and, 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 and talk to them and, and yeah. figure out how you can show up for them financially because yeah. people, people really need to feel held, you know, text Julie right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. April, like not knowing that like I depend on tour right. or, um, you know, to take me into the fall, that entire tour was shut down and all of that income was taken back. And like, I just, um, I, I was freaking out. And then my best friend paid one of my months of rent. And I was like, fuck. I mean, like f- further down the line, but it's like, I have some stuff s- saved away, but like my roommate moved out and I have to find someone to take over her spot. And otherwise I'm paying two rent. So my, oh my, my, my income was taken away and my rent was du- was potentially doubled. And oh. so that is, that was really fucking me up. And then, um, mm-hmm. I mean, so she like paid until May. So it's like, I have to find somebody May 1st, but then like my best friend gave me a little bit of extra. Um, so like, I don't have to worry about it really until June. And, I, but like, I don't know what the landscape of this whole motherfucking place is going to look like in June. So like, yeah. I don't know, are, are the girls still moving? Is that still yeah. happening? Oh, like, the girl, people- s- right. The girls are still moving. <laughs> I helped a friend move yesterday. Yeah. Always standing six moved. feet away. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what all, all y'all self-care on that note, Dennis, just like what it looks like right now for me, like for me, like 
I, um, uh, it's a lot of like non-phone time, right? For like at least setting aside an hour, setting aside a morning, setting aside something where you're just like not on your phone and I'm reading or I'm working on my screenplay or I'm, I'm learning a new skill or something like that. I think cooking is a great outlet for that. I think working out is a great outlet for that. I hate working out at home. I hate it so much. Me too. But like learning, like learning to do it and, and the discipline to sweat does so much for your brain, y'all. Yeah. It is so, mm-hmm. so good good for you and and you know no vanity there's no vanity to it if you're doing it for your brain okay mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's like yeah. a big thing for me I think that showing up for my community as much as possible actually selfishly makes me feel good right mm-hmm. like showing up to these drag shows showing up to uh, as we joke about it IGTV live IG live um, if it means that you're using that as an outlet to dis- disperse your art or to make a quick buck or it helps sustain your whatever, like showing up for everyone, I think is, is so helpful right now and, and helps me feel useful. Um, mm-hmm. That's, uh, and I also turned off my phone notifications. <laughs> um, I think that was really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been trying to, well, I, I started to think about like, what are the things that, do, that I would do normally? Um, Cause like, uh, let's just say this is any given day. I wouldn't leave the house anyway. <laughs> so yeah. like, mm-hmm. but, but I would be doing things, I would be berating myself for not doing the things that I really wanted to do or really needed to. And I, just to be like, you know, I'm trying to pivot the way that I think about it anyway, as yeah. like, not like um, the, the 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 taking away of an opportunity for intimacy, but rather, what does this give me the opportunity to do? There's a mm-hmm. shit ton that I've wanted to read. There's a shit ton that I've wanted to watch. Fran was like, you better watch Breaking Bad. I hope I didn't out you there, Fran. But like, oh, fuck, like- <laughs> Tommy. Come on. I'm a closeted straight white man. Oh, the show is so good. It's a perfect show. And I hate that I like it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to get to watch Atlanta and like a bunch of other things that I've been meaning to this whole time. And um, also like, I... I I get like touring was not just about the income. It's about the fact that I loved interacting and this is some bullshit. I'm not, I would never um, admit this otherwise, but I, I kind of, I, I loved interacting with people who took the time to, 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 to take the time to be with my work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't take that opportunity for granted. And so being on tour, I was just like, I get to perform for these people. I get to read for these people. I get to sign their books. And so a part of the devastation of not being on tour was like, I don't have a consistent performing schedule. Mm-hmm. And I gained so much uh, uh, self-esteem and identity and, and, and solace in, um, in performing because I know I can do it well. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, okay. So the opportunity to do that in other places has been taken away but that doesn't mean the opportunity to do it in my house has been taken away you know Mm. and that like um that is a way that I could still feel useful and that I could still feel like I was working on my craft and also just like that that I could feel like it like it like I said before it gives me something to look forward to and it might give other people something to look forward to as well yeah I just you you know yeah I um you know all the things we've been talking about um I'm I still I go outside to be honest with you uh, mm-hmm. in a way that is socially distant I do my runs I make sure that I pass people fast and stay behind them with six feet six you feet. know um so I, I do it in a way that is very cognizant of what the risk is but my God there was one day in New York that was sunny out and the sun felt so good on my skin and it just mm. was very healing I was having a really hard day mm. uh, and just the feeling of the sun um really was healing and then you know I'm I have a policy that 
on the weekends and on days that I was just my spring break, I, I let myself sleep in, you know, uh, I'm really working a lot and I'm tired. And so I just am, am doing little things. I try to plug out of work around 11, 1130, no matter what's happening. And I watch bad TV and have a glass of wine and then I sleep in the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. And because this is, you know, as, as fast as this thing is moving, this is not a sprint. This is going to be a marathon. And so we all have to, um, think about not surviving the next week, but surviving the next few months and getting a rhythm of, of life that feels as normal as possible. Well, thank you. Mm, I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, and for our dessert this week, Fran, uh, why don't you tell us what the cherry on top of this episode is? That's right. Um, So this week I am, you know, recommending a show that is on Netflix. And uh, once again, I work for Netflix. Full disclosure. Oh, full disclosure. Like, but I, this is, I don't have anything to gain from you watching Netflix, I promise. Um, There's the show out right now called Feel Good um, by comedian Mae Martin. Um, That is, I think, the show a lot of people have been waiting for when it when we think of like what queer representation looks like, right? Um, and this show was directed by a queer person, stars a queer person, written by a person, written by a queer person, created by a queer per- queer person, and it is so so beautiful, y'all. Um, the story follows uh, a person who a, a woman who kind of goes through a new relationship with someone who is kind of recently out of the closet ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the wake of this very, very quickly, it's a very lesbian relationship in that um, they move in together right away and like make it very serious right away. But um, uh, in the wake of all of that, uh, she's also de- dealing with recovery from addiction, um, mm-hmm. from narcotics. And, you know, it's a dark comedy. So know that all the jokes are motherfucking funny and you'll laugh through the whole, every single episode, but it spins you a little bit and does that thing that Tommy loves to do, which is just like, I was making you joke, but uh, stabby, stabby, stab. Like this is a real feeling that you're having right now. Yeah. And uh, it's also like, it's like I think six episodes, like a half an hour long. So it's really easy to get through. I mean, it's like a really quick watch. Yeah, um, and I think it's um, there. Also, like I identified with some of the stuff that they were talking about, like the girlfriend. Um, so, so May, the, the the main character, um, it's been established that she has this pattern of like dating formerly straight women, and mm-hmm. that like once they're they're <laughs> out or once yeah, no no. <laughs> The thing is, she's seeking out the straight women. The straight men sought out me. That's the difference. So anyway, <laughs> but um, but they're having this discussion about like you know if they break up or whatever, and um, you know the main character asked the girlfriend like, would you date a guy or would you date a girl? And she was like, well, I date a guy because I I mean you're the only girl I like or something along those lines. So it's like, and I had a situation with somebody recently that was very like that, and it's like, oh, they're gay for you, but they're not really. Gay. You that that must mean, like, be such a turn on for you, Teebs. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> That's like your whole sexuality. But also, no, that is not mine by choice. 
it is what's been thrown my way by the universe. Um, right. But also Barry Ward <laughs> plays a, um, a comedian, um, like a like a really shitty comedian um, towards the end. I, I, I first uh, kind of got into him with the film Extraordinary that came out um, with Maeve Higgins a little while ago. And mm. he is just very sexy to me. So I really enjoyed that. Even though he was an asshole, I was like, eh, I'd probably let you put it in. <laughs> I mean, not in this time, not in these times, but you know. Uh, if we ever get back to putting it in, I would let that man put you it would, in. You would watch him jerk off you on would. Skype. That's and what I would do. Would do yes, absolutely. And also, Lisa Kudrow plays Mae Martin's mom. Oh! And what's amazing. Uh, and what's so amazing She's the so best good. part is that she plays a very bad mom. And it's iconic. Like, she's, <laughs> she's so evil. And you guys know me. Like, I love evil women. And, like, it's just, like, so... Uh, it's just, like, this quintessential and beautiful kind of, like... Because that, that becomes, like, a subplot between the whole thing, too, is this kind yeah. of toxic relationship she has with her mother. And the mother character ends up surprising you too, and I won't spoil mm -hmm. it, but let me just say it's only three hours of viewing and so, so worth your watch. What is gayer than a bad mom? Oh, there's literally <laughs> nothing there. Literally, oh my God. Gay. That is so funny. <laughs> so, I will just say, I hadn't heard of this show at all until Fran mentioned it in our group chat. I hadn't heard of it, truly. And then when I pulled it up on Netflix last night, I was like, oh my God, it's fucking Mae Martin. Who, whose stand-up I really love. Like, there's a lot of clips of her doing stand-up on YouTube, and I've watched many of them, because I think she's fucking hilarious, and I have a little bit of a crush on her. So I was really excited, and I loved I loved the series. I was, I was obsessed with Lisa Kudrow as the mom. There's also another really funny um, comedian who just... she. I only watched the first episode last night, because it was late, but there's a comedian who has one line, who I, I assume is in it more, named Sinduvi, who's really great. Um, I love the show. I'm obsessed with it. Mae Martin's super hot. Um... Yeah. And yeah, check it out. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer is currently texting Joe another quarantine question, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> Fully accurate. It's been <laughs> non-stop. <laughs> Our production manager is doing bar in her living room, Elizabeth D. Our yes. social media manager is still watching reruns of the morning show, Christina. True, Tucker. true, true, true. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or we go outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, E-U-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co on all social media. Um, not Venmo. Keep the money. You need the money right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T H E E A R L D N D E N. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week, we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra uh. content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dig, dig picks. At, to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four. And thoughts about how? T-H-O-T. The synchronizer is so bad. The Zoom is not working, y'all. It's fine. We'll get it next week. We'll get it next week. We'll get better. We'll get It gets better.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.